0: Listening to Victory and Labang podcast, we hope this message encourages and inspires you today. Hi, Victory family. A rainy Sunday to everyone. I hope it's a happy rainy Sunday. I'm Bodhi, I'm one of the pastors here in Victory, and I would like to welcome you to our worship service. I'm glad that we can all come together, whether on site or online, and worship God because we know that He truly deserves all of our praises. Today, I have the wonderful privilege of closing, uh, I would say, one of my favorite series to date, The Ability to Produce Wealth. Can I see a raise of hands who among you have enjoyed our series and have learned a lot? I see people in their homes raising their hands as well, and I'm excited to really close this series to hear what God wants to speak, what God wants us to hear. I'd like to give a shout out to Ms. Shirley. Happy birthday, Pastor Ariel's wife. They're right now celebrating. So grateful for your life. Uh, And yeah, enjoy. And I'd also like to give a shout out to the people at home. Uh, I hope that you guys are safe. And uh, yeah, shout out to the people here as well. I'm glad that you got here safely. And I pray that when we go back to our homes, probably the floods have, you know, uh, have dried out and there's no more rain so that we could enjoy the good weather again. Uh, A lot of unexpected things happened this week. The long rainfall, the news said it was going to be only up to Friday, but we're still experiencing it up through right now. Um, There was that earthquake that woke most of us up, most of us, uh, who among you here were really just asleep, not minding the earthquake that happened. And, you know, a lot of other unexpected things. On the side of good news, uh, I would say that I received an unexpected blessing uh, this week. Can you see a raise of hands of those people who love receiving unexpected blessings? That is all of us, and we're hoping to receive more. Now, as I received that blessing, I was truly grateful. I said, thank you, Lord. I was so happy. And as I was, you know, celebrating, I I, I somehow went into a reflective mode. And then I started asking myself, why? 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 Was I given this unexpected blessing? Do you ever think that? What's the first thing that comes to your mind when you receive an unexpected blessing? After we say, thank you, Lord, of course, I hope we say, thank you, Lord. What's the first thing that comes to mind? Are you the type of person that goes with letter A saying, hmm, I could have received more. Lord, baka naman. Are you the type of person that is letter B that says, Oh, I have a blessing. Yeah, It's it's just right. After all, I worked hard for this. I deserve this. Are you person letter C? Yes, I'll finally get to buy that new gadget, shoes, bag that I've been wanting. Or are you person letter D saying, Lord, how do you want me to use this? If we're being honest, we would all pray to be person D, but we know that we're not that yet. If if I could admit to you, that's actually a process for me because as I received the blessing this week, I immediately was tempted to buy another pair of shoes thoughtlessly, which now that we're staying home, I don't have much use for. So I'm really thankful for the Holy Spirit that continues to nudge me. He continues to remind me to stay on track. He continues to remind me that, you know, the blessings that we have are not just for our purposes, but for God's purposes. And that's what we've been talking about the past three weeks. We've been talking about the ability to produce wealth. It is God who gives us wealth. And it is God who gives us the ability to produce wealth. No matter how hard we work, we know that everything comes from Him. And you know, as we claim this promise of provision, it's important for us to remember the purpose of the provision because there always is a purpose. God's provisions always come with a purpose. Again, God's provisions always come with a purpose. If you want to rhyme, you could go, God's provisions always come with a mission. Now, Those purposes won't be dictated by us. We won't say, oh, this is for my new shoes. Oh, this money is for what, uh, you know, I just use it for whatever I want to. The purpose won't be dictated by us. The purpose will be dictated by God. So if I can rephrase what I said a while ago, I would say God's provisions always come with a kingdom purpose. Again, God's provisions always come with a kingdom purpose. And these kingdom purposes, it won't only benefit the recipient of the blessings, but it will also benefit the people around us. It will benefit even the people far from us. And the benefits can be enjoyed not just not just in this world, not just temporarily, but these benefits can be enjoyed for eternity if we use our provisions for God's purposes. Today, we are going to ask the question, and I hope the Word of God will answer the question, Why does God bless us? Again, why does God bless us? I'd like to invite everyone to open their Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 9. For the people here on site, I'd like to ask you to stand up as we give reverence to the Word of God. Today, I'll be reading from the ESV version. I'll be reading verses 1 to 5. It says here, listen, you Israelites, Moses was speaking. You will go across the Jordan River today. You will go into that land to force out nations greater and stronger than you. Their cities are big and have walls as high as the sky. The people there are tall and strong. They are the Anakites. You know about them. You heard our spies say, no one can win against the Anakites. But you can be sure that it is the Lord your God who goes across the river before you. And God is like a fire that destroys. He will destroy those nations and make them fall before you. You will force those nations out and quickly destroy them. The Lord has promised you that this will happen. The Lord your God will force those nations out for you. But do not say to yourselves, the Lord has brought us to live in this land because we are such a good people. No. The Lord forced those nations out because they were evil, not because you were good. You are going in to take their land, but not because you are good and live right. You are going in and the Lord your God is forcing those people out because of the evil way they live. And the Lord wants to keep the promise he made to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That is the word of the Lord for us today. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. Thank you for the abundant provision that you shower us with every day. And Lord, I pray that as we go to your word, that we would be enlightened, that you would open our eyes to see how greatly blessed we are that we have you in our lives. And I pray, Lord God, that as we see these blessings, that we we would be careful to seek you. And we pray that you teach us to use this according to your purposes so that you may be glorified in our lives. Bless the preaching of your word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may now take your seats. So what's happening in this passage that we just read? First off, the book of Deuteronomy, which we have been studying for a month now, contains a series of sermons from Moses as he talks to the new generation of Israelites. Forty years after God has set them free from slavery, from Egypt. Those who were children back then were adults now and they were ready to enter into the land that God promised to their forefather, Abraham. And they were recipients of this promise as well. They were about to receive the biggest blessing that they have been looking forward to their entire lives. Can you feel the excitement, you know? They'd just been hearing about this promised land from their parents, a land flowing with milk and honey, a land so beautiful, a land for you. And finally, they were just a couple of steps away. But before they could enter the land, Moses was reminding them that they should hold their part of the covenant. God would remain faithful to them as they would remain faithful to God. Covenants are two-way streets. So, You know, Deuteronomy is somehow a restatement, a reminder of what the law was. Moses was delivering it to the younger Israelites. And again, God would remain faithful as they would remain faithful to God. Let me ask you, were the Israelites faithful to God? No. So let me ask you again, Why does God still bless them with the promised land? And let me ask you, when we look at ourselves, could you say that you are faithful to God? As we look back at the things that we did the past week, I would say we still fall short. So again, we ask the question, even in our faithlessness, why does God bless us? Some of us would probably say, It's just right that he does that. I mean, Bodhi, I work so hard. You don't know how hard I work. You don't know how many hours I put in in the job. I deserve every peso that I receive, or dollar for some of you, social. You know? Because I work really hard. I study so hard. That's why I deserve to be on the top of my class really now. Do we think God blesses us because of our hard work? Does God bless us because of our hard work? He warned the Israelites against this kind of dangerous, arrogant, and, you know, somehow limiting mindset. What was the situation of the Israelites during that time? Imagine after four decades of waiting, going around the wilderness, finally they were going, you know, just a couple of steps, as I said a while ago, a couple of steps from that wonderful promise. They could already see it from afar. I don't know if you've, like, traveled, you look forward to seeing landmarks and, you know, Once you see it from afar, you want to run there and, you know, just start taking selfies and post it. That's probably the excitement that they were feeling. But, you know, as they were looking at the promised land, as they were about to walk in, it didn't come without any challenges. What was the situation back then? They saw the promised land, but there were already people occupying it. Have you ever experienced, you know, owning a piece of land with, you know, you holding the title— And then when you get there, you know, illegal settlers have somehow conveniently built their houses there and they say, this land is ours. I've talked to some people who have experienced them, uh, my mom being one of them, and they tell me that it is a complete headache. You know, talks with these people would extend for years. Negotiations, there would be a number of hearings if it reaches the court and You would have to ready a couple of hundreds of thousands just to be able to send these people away. Now, the Israelites, when it came to the promised land, they needed to do more than that because the people occupying their land were not normal people. They were the Anakites. These people were remarkably tall, taller than me, probably around eight feet, nine feet, whatever, you would have to look up to them. Uh, They were... Exceedingly strong, and they were unbelievably evil, ruthless. They were the type of people that when you were walking, are walking down the street and you see them from afar, you wouldn't want to cross their path, so you just go away, you just leave. You know, you pag, pag, pag or something like that. You know, you really run away from them, and you can't just go there and say, I have the title to this land, who owns this house? And then suddenly, the Anakites come in and you're like, Oh, yeah. Ng bahay mo. <laughs> na title. Bye. I, th- I guess that's what the Israelites wanted to do. Just run away and, you know, the land is all yours. I don't want anything to do with it. But God had other plans. You know? God, this is what God said to them. Do not run away. God said in Deuteronomy 9, 1-2, Listen, you Israelites. You will go across the Jordan River today. You will go into that land to force out nations greater and stronger than you. No peace talks were going to happen. You know, God was probably saying to them, Israelites, you don't need to talk the talk. Just walk the walk. We give you permission to cross. You know, that was what God was saying. The victory is yours. Shout out to the armies out there. Um, And you know, as we continue reading, the people there are tall and strong. They are the Anakites. You know about them. You heard our spies say, no one can win against the Anakites. What spies were they talking about? If you remember, they scouted the land. Uh, Caleb and a group of other men were sent to see who were occupying the land. As we go back to Numbers, the book of Numbers 13, 31 and 33, the men were really scared and they wanted to run away. They said, the men who gone up with him, Caleb, said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. We saw the Nephilim, the descendants of Anak, Anak ng Anak, Apo, come from the Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes and we looked the same to them. In Tagalog, they were saying, "Mukahaminti kaming tipaklong. Compared to these guys, they would crush us, you know? They would step on us. We're no match for them. Imagine how frustrating that was. The promised blessing was already in front of them na. na. But then there were these bullies who were, you know, parampader talaga. You can't cross here. This is ours. You know, they couldn't claim it. But God was telling them, the land is yours. I'm asking you to move in faith. Go face those giants. We will drive them out. It's kind of hard to imagine ourselves against eight, nine-foot men. But probably you're facing a situation right now where You know, you're praying and you're somehow waiting for a certain breakthrough. But it feels as though there are mountains and tall walls to cross. A lot of challenges. And you know, you just say, You know, I don't want that blessing anymore. But God wants to give it to us. Now is not the time to sit idly. We pray for breakthroughs. We don't just sit on the couch. We pray for breakthroughs. We listen to God and we obey Him. We allow Him to work in our lives. And that was what the Lord was teaching the Israelites back then. And probably what he is teaching us right now, he's teaching us not to be like one tamad. Imagine one tamad, the fruit was already there, ready for picking. What did he do? He he lied down, he opened his mouth and waited for the fruit to drop. It was already his, but he lazily waited. Instead of, you know, stretching, standing up, climbing that tree and picking the fruit. That's what God wants us to do. You know, we say, Lord, we believe that you will give the provision. Believing means that we will move in action as well. Faith without works, faith without action is dead. And let me tell you, the action is hard most of the time. Actually, I would say that almost always, the action that God would want us to do is beyond us. It's impossible for us. Why? Because more than just giving us the provision, he wants to give us the opportunity to depend on him. To rely on Him so that we could experience His power. Again, if you're waiting for a breakthrough, if you're looking for a job, you can't just stay at home. You can't just play games, not pass resumes and expect a CEO of an international company to knock on your door and give you a contract. If you're praying to have a healthier body, you can't just lie down the couch and, you know, just turn on the TV, Netflix the whole day, put all sorts of chips and junk in your mouth, drink soda, not exercise, not sweat a bit and expect a body that's fit. Again, there is an action involved. Are you believing God for a breakthrough? What do we need to do? We need to seek Him. We need to hear from Him. And we need to obey His instructions. Remember faith without action, faith without works is dead. God was inviting again the Israelites to experience His his power, to experience His provision, to experience His protection in new and fresh ways while they received the blessing that came from Him. And probably that's what God is asking us to do right now as well. The challenges that you are facing to receive that breakthrough, that seemingly impossible things that you are being asked to do, you're not going to do it alone. God is going to be with you. And, you know, God wants us not just to look at the things that we can do on our own, but He wants us to look at things with Him, how He can move through us, what He can do through us. Does God bless us with our hard work? Does God bless us because of our effort? We all know eventually the Israelites were able to conquer the Anakites. How did that happen? We'll go back to the text. It says in Deuteronomy 9.3, but you can be sure that it is the Lord your God who goes across the river before you. And God is like a fire that destroys. He will destroy those nations and make them fall before you. You will force those nations out and quickly destroy them. The Lord has promised you this will happen. I want to note two lines from these verses. If you would see the ones in bold. First, it says, God will destroy the nations and God will You know, God will destroy the nations and make them fall before you. That was the first statement. So God was going to bring in the victory. But the next statement, you, referring to the Israelites, will force those nations out quickly and destroy them. Again, it says, you, referring to the Israelites, will force those nations out and quickly destroy them. So the Israelites were going to win the victory as well. We all know they won the victory, but who's to be given glory in this, whole, in this whole situation, in this whole scenario. Was it God or the Israelites? Who really brought in the victory? God or the Israelites? We all know that it was God, of course. He set everything up for them. They couldn't do anything apart from God. The reason why they won was because He gave them the victory. It's like being part of a basketball team and... You know, for the whole championship match, you just sat on the bench. 30 seconds before the game, the championship game ends, your coach decides to put you in. The ball gets passed to you, you make a shot, the winning shot. Everyone celebrates, everyone congratulates the team. You made the winning shot. Would you be quick to say that you were responsible for the win, knowing that it was your teammates who scored the rest of the points that you have? Give credit where credit is due. The only reason why the Israelites were able to win that victory was because God went before them. God went before them like a consuming fire. What did he do? He burned and destroyed everything and everyone, no matter how tall and strong those people were. He destroyed them. Everything that stood in his way. All the Israelites needed to do was what? Walk into the victory. You know, just drag the people out probably because they were already down. Again, let me ask you, why were the Israelites blessed? Was it because of their hard work? They barely did anything. It was God who did everything. We see in verse 3 that the reason why the Lord blessed them was to fulfill the promise that was given. And this promise was given even before the Israelites did anything. It says in verse 3, the Lord has promised you that this will happen. Just like the warning to the Israelites, we should be careful not to claim, you know, not to claim the responsibility for our successes, for our wins in life. Because we know that it was God who granted all of these things to us. We shouldn't say, oh, you know, the reason why I got this promotion is because I'm so, you know, charismatic. Uh, people here like me. I'm so intelligent. You know, I'm so good with strategies. I'm the best here. Really now. You don't say that, you know, oh, by the way, uh, I was able to close the deal a while ago because I'm so eloquent and, you know, uh, foreigners like me and I'm such a presentation master. You don't say, oh, I'm I'm on the top of my class, by the way, if you don't ask uh, because I'm so intelligent. My IQ is just off the charts. And, you know, every test I take is 100, and I don't know, I, I couldn't help it but be the best. We don't say that. We give credit where credit is due. And I tell you, if you happen to be someone speaking like that, let us remember Matthew twenty-three, twelve. It says there, whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Again, whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. God has a way of reminding us who is responsible for our success. And you know, I personally experienced that. I kind of might have said the lines I said a while ago, years back. Maybe that's why the feeling was there. I'm kidding. Uh, I used to be a very arrogant person, can be still, praying for God's grace. And I remember way back in high school, I remember working extra hard because I wanted to be at the top of my class. I wanted to graduate as a valedictorian. And I tell you, I really worked hard. Modesty aside, if you would look at our grades, I was really a shoe in for that valedictorian. I should have written my speech. I'm kidding. I'm humble. <laughs> uh, you know, I was a shoe in for valedictorian. But then, you know, I didn't finish first. I didn't graduate even with the silver medal. I finished third. And you know, the teachers were saying it was because of my character. I didn't see it back then, but looking back now, man was arrogant. I did not even acknowledge God. It was all about me. Oh, I worked so hard for this. Oh, look at my tests. It's all 100. Oh, by the way, uh, I should get ready because I'm going to finish at the top of my class. Of course, there were external factors. But the truth of the matter is, if God wanted to bless me with that, he would have. But then again, it seems like I wasn't prepared because of my character. And years later, I experienced that again. I joined a certain uh, reality competition And again, I was so cocky, telling everyone, you know, I'd reached the finals of this competition easy. Uh, I reached the final week, but two nights before the finals, I was eliminated. And again, they were going off about my character, but I didn't see it. But then looking back, it was always about, oh, because, you know, I'm so good at getting along with people. Oh, it's because I worked so hard. God was, God didn't give it to me. He could have, but he didn't because he knew that it would destroy me. And the same thing, that's why he was giving this warning to the Israelites. You know, more than our output, more than achievements, God is after our character. And when we look at blessings, when we look at provisions, they can be great things. Given to the person with the right heart, that person would be able to create change. That person would be able to help other people, would be able to glorify God. But blessings given to the person with the wrong heart, could distract him from God's purposes, could pull him away from God, and ultimately could lead to his destruction. And God loves us enough to prepare us before he gives the blessings so that we would not be destroyed by it. He wants us to, you know, God wants us to humbly depend on him. That should be the attitude of our hearts. It's not about, Lord, I'm so good, that's why I deserve these blessings. It's like, Lord, I don't deserve this at all. How do you want me to use this? Had the Israelites depended on themselves, they would not have been able to take hold of that land because they were weak. The enemies were stronger, were taller. But because they depended on God, they relied on Him, trusted His promises, obeyed Him, allowed Him to do the work, and followed Him, they were able to receive that promise. Let me tell you, we will be able to accomplish greater things, even the impossible once we stop trusting in ourselves and start trusting in God. Let's make that more personal. You will be able to do greater things, even the impossible, when you stop trusting in yourself and start trusting in God. If we are to look at what we can do, we are limited. But when we look at God's power, that is unlimited. We will be able to accomplish anything, of course, aligned to His purposes. So again, we ask the question, does God bless us because of our hard work? Only because of our hard work. We go back to Deuteronomy 8.18, which says, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth, the power to win victories, the power to be successful, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Remember, God is the one who gives us all of our abilities, all of our wisdom. Even if you say, you know, I studied for this, I worked hard for this, I trained hard for this. God gave that to you. And he was the one who allowed it to grow. Apart from him, we wouldn't have all of these things. John 15, 5. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing. Does God bless us only because of our hard work? Blessings are not a result of our own efforts, but a result of God's grace. Again, blessings are not a result of our own efforts, but a result of God's grace. No matter how hard we work, we will not be able to deserve it. But you know, God gives it freely to those who put their trust in Him. So we go back our original question, why then does God bless us? What is it for? Some might say, oh, you know, Bodhi, I'm blessed because I'm so good. I'm kind to others. I help others. Are we talking about God or that man in red with a beard? Oh, I'm on the nice list, not the naughty list. No, we're talking about God here. He also warned the Israelites against this arrogant kind of thinking that it was because of their goodness. That's why they were blessed. In Deuteronomy 9.4, it says, The Lord your God will force those nations out for you. But don't say to yourselves, The Lord brought us to live in this land because we are such good people. Wow! Bait naman. Lord, nag church ako. <laughs> Akin na yung promotion na yan, kasi yung kasama ko sa office pala mura. <laughs> Diba? It's not, it's not one is to one like that. No. The Lord forced those nations out because they were evil. Not because you were good. Were the Israelites good? No. You know, they were saved from Egypt and you would think that after they were saved, it would all be about, Lord, we praise you, we worship you, we thank you. But it wasn't like that most of the time. Most of the time, it was more of, where's the food? Oh, that's manna again. Oh, you know, I think our life would have been better off if we were still in Egypt. They were all about complaining, grumbling, whining. That's exactly the reason why, you know, the travel from Egypt to the Promised Land was only supposed to take 11 days. Imagine 11 days, but how long did it take them? Four decades, 40 years. Why? Because of all their complaining and grumbling. That's why I warn all of you, including myself, be careful of complaining we wouldn't want to go around the wilderness for 40 years in circles. The Israelites weren't good. Now let's look at ourselves. Do you think you're good? No, I'm great. No, I'm kidding. Do you think you're good? The truth is, none of us are. Luke 18, 19, Jesus says here, no one is good except God alone. If good behavior was the prerequisite to blessings, then we wouldn't receive any blessings at all. Because we are all evil. We are all sinners. We all decided to follow our own way and veer away from God's ways. And God was careful to clarify that the Anakites weren't driven by God out of the land because the Israelites were more deserving. The truth of the matter is they were on the same plane. They were both evil. They were both sinners. Sinners. They didn't have anything to boast about apart from God. The only, you know, why were the Anakites being destroyed? Because they put their trust in other gods. They turned their back from God's. What was going for the Israelites? It wasn't their goodness. It was simply because God chose them. It was simply because, you know, they put their trust in God most of the time, at least. It wasn't about their goodness at all. Does God bless us only because of our goodness? Deuteronomy 9.5 You are going in to take their land, but not because you are good and live right. You are going in, and the Lord your God is forcing those people out because of the evil way they lived. And the Lord wants to keep the promise He made to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You know, when we have that kind of thinking, I deserve blessings because I work hard. I deserve blessings because I am good then we would start to be entitled and demand things from God. God, look at that person. You gave him a promotion, but I attend church four times a week. I lead a group. Hello. I deserve more blessings. Where is it? You know, it, it starts bitterness. It starts doubt. It starts that, that heart of entitlement and we should be careful not to go there because again, the truth of the matter is we do not deserve any blessings at all because you know it's not based on our efforts and we cannot really claim that we are good. I remember that that was how I used to, to ask from God. Lord, please bless me. Lord, please bless me with money because you bless that evil person with money. I deserve it more. Please. You know, that was the way I prayed and that is very wrong. That is thinking highly of myself and that, you know, the Lord wants us to humble ourselves, to see ourselves who we are apart from Him and who we could be when we put our trust in Him. Let's remember, blessings are given to us not because we are good but because our God is good. Blessings are given to us not because we are good, but only because our God is good. It's never about us. It's all about Him. Why does God bless us? Does God bless us only to pursue our own purposes? No. Again, as we look at the story of the Israelites, we will see that it's never about us. It's all about God. It's all about his plans. It's all about his purposes. It's all about how he can be glorified in our lives and in the things that we do. How he can be lifted up in everything. What happened in this story? God was honored when he showed his power, defeating the mighty, unbeatable Anakites. He was able to do that. And people were able to see, man, this God's power, it's greater than any power in this world. No one is a match to him. He's the one who's unbeatable. He's the one who's worthy of praise. He's the one to be feared. He was honored. And at the same time, when he blessed the Israelites, he was honored because he showed his faithfulness to the promise that he made years back. Even though this generation wasn't faithful, God would continue to to fulfill his promises because he gave his word to Abraham. What was the promise to Abraham? And this is a wonderful promise to claim. You know, as believers, as people who put their trust in God, we can claim that we are Abraham's offspring. And this is a promise that we could claim for our lives as well. Genesis 12, 1-3. Now the Lord said to Abraham, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation. He will give them power. And I will bless you and make your name great, influence, so that you will be a blessing. It wasn't for his personal fame. It wasn't so they could force what they wanted. Again, it was to be a blessing. And God says, I will bless those who bless you. And him who dishonors you, I will curse the promise of protection. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Again, a beautiful blessing that was given to Abraham, a beautiful blessing that we can claim every single day. Blessing of provision, protection, power, purpose, presence. Why was Abraham the recipient of these blessings? Was it because Abraham worked hard? Was it because of his resume? Was it because he was good? No. God simply chose Abraham and his descendants, the Israelites, and us to be an example to other people. God wants to show others how he takes care of those people who put their complete trust in him, who follow him, who obey him. That is the purpose for the provisions, for us to be a blessing to others. I said a while ago, God's provisions always come with a kingdom purpose. And we see You know, when we talk about provisions, we usually think of money. But provisions, you know, are are so much wider than that. There's provision of peace, comfort, joy. And this promise has been revealed in full effect. When Jesus Christ, the offspring who became the greatest blessing of all time when he made the gift of eternal life available to the whole world. When we talk about provision, it's always about money. Again, Pastor Ariel said, do not mistake, you know, the source from, you know, the, what do you call that? The supply. We shouldn't mistake those two. Instead of looking at the provision, we should look at the source. And we have been given the source. In Jesus Christ, we are able to receive every single blessing. Spiritual, financial, material, physical, everything. And you know, like the Anakites, the truth of the matter is we don't deserve it. We are not good. We cannot work for it. Like the Anakites, we have turned our backs from God. And that should result to our destruction, annihilation as well. But God is so loving. He opened the door for us to be saved through the offspring, Jesus Christ, who was a blessing to each and every one of us. And how do we receive that blessing? Not just provision, but salvation. By putting our complete trust on the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. A while ago, we asked, why does He bless us to fulfill His purposes? The question right now is, why does He save us? Are we saved because of our hard work? No, we can never work for salvation. Are we saved because we are good? No. We need righteousness. That's why we need to put our trust in Jesus Christ. It's all about Christ's finished work on the cross. It's all about His righteousness. Again, those who put their trust in themselves and other things will be destroyed, but those who put their complete trust in Him will be blessed with the free gift of salvation and the promise of His presence with us for eternity. That is the promise that is given to each and every one of us. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of work so that no one may boast. Let me tell you, God is a loving God. He is a gracious God who wants to bless us. But if we want to receive these blessings, we have to make sure that we have the right heart. Let us not think so highly of ourselves. Let us not have that entitled mentality. Let us not focus on ourselves, but focus on His great love. And you know, it doesn't end there. Why does He save us? to fulfill His purposes. We are saved not just for ourselves, but so we could be a blessing by reaching out to others and extending His love, His provision, so that they too may put their trust in Him. If we continue reading the verse, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and then 10, for we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And everything that we need to do these good works, have already been set for us. All we need to do is to walk in them. The blessings of finances, the blessings of influence, the blessings of power. As we are committed not to use it for our own purposes, it will just freely flow. As we align our hearts with God, we can be confident that our personal needs will always be provided for. And He will not just give that. He will give even more so that we could extend the blessing to other people. And I tell you, you don't need to wait for a big unexpected blessing if we are faithful with what has been entrusted to us right now. Again, being blessed or being well provided for is not based on how much your bank account has. It's knowing that even if this is only the money in my bank account, I know that whatever I need, I will have it in the time that I need it. I think that's the... That's my definition of blessed now that I have been walking with God for the longest time. When we talk about provision, blessing, mission, purpose, I remember the story of one of our victory group leaders, Katya. I think we have her picture there. In the middle of this pandemic, her heart broke seeing a lot of people suffering, not having food, not having provisions. And as she was looking at them, she was looking at what she had as well. Lord, how can I help them with the little that I have? But she knew in her heart, God was calling her to do something to help them. Probably like the Israelites, they were thinking, we cannot beat this, they're stronger. Probably Katya was thinking, I cannot help them because I don't have much funds. But God was calling her to move in faith. So that she did. With the little that she had, she bought some groceries and she started a community pantry. What started as something little when she posted it, all of a sudden, provision started flowing in. Friends started calling her up. I want to donate. I want to help out. I want to give money. I want to give groceries. And she was able to help a lot of people in their neighborhood, more than what she could imagine. And you know the wonderful thing. When we talk about sharing God's provision, it went beyond just filling their tummies for, what, two hours? Someone also blessed her with Bibles that she can give to the people who would visit the community pantry. Imagine, she was able to share groceries, but at the same time, she was able to point people to the true source of hope, to the true source of provision that never runs out. That is God. She was able to share the message of salvation. And I think she has captured the heart of the meaning of provision, of the purpose of God's provision. As we go back to the promise of Abraham, we can learn that we are blessed you here can say that you are blessed. Can I see a raise of hands? We are blessed because we have Jesus in our lives. And as we have Jesus in our lives, we will have everything that we will ever need, I tell you, and more. Because we are blessed to be a blessing in order to point more people to Christ. Do you find yourself in a similar situation with Katya and the Israelites? Are you facing a situation that is beyond your ability? As we have studied for the past few weeks, As we face situations when we are in need, God is calling us to remember His faithfulness in the past. He has provided before. He will continue to provide. God is calling us to trust His promises and His ways. He says that He will provide. We know that He will fulfill it, even in our faithlessness, even in our, you know, even in our faithlessness, and even if we are not good, He continues to provide because He will stay true to His promise. And God is calling us to obey His commandments and His will. As we surrender to Him, He will be the one to take care of everything. Again, let's continue to have the right heart. I pray right now, right now, why don't we just take into account all the blessings that God has given to us. We don't have to look too far. Just the past week, knowing that we don't deserve anything but death, everything is a bonus. What are the things that God has given to you? What are the things that you can praise Him for? Our homes, the shelter, above our heads, cash to be able to go here, the gift of life, protection from the earthquake, slippers, clothes, not a lot of people have those things. All of those are wonderful blessings. And I think if we take into account everything that we have that we don't deserve, we can say that we are blessed. We can say that we are rich. We can say that we can be a blessing to other people because first and foremost, we have received the greatest blessing, which is Jesus Christ. And I pray that as we, as we account all of these things, that it will not just end with the simple, thank you, Lord. I mean, those, that can be meaningful, but I pray that it will go beyond our lips. I pray that we, as we understand that all of these blessings we don't deserve, that our thanksgiving will not just overflow from our lips, but in everything that we do in our actions. Let it be an act of worship as we treat other people, as we reach out to other people, even today, as we stand up and worship our great God. I'd like to invite you to do that right now. As we stand up and worship our great God, I pray that we would give Him the right worship that He deserves, knowing that we have been blessed with so much. He did not hold anything back. I pray that as we worship, we would not hold anything back as well. Lord, we thank You for the great provision that we have in Jesus Christ. And Lord, as you have brought into remembrance the great things that we have because of you, not just the material, but also the spiritual blessings, as you remind us who we are apart from you, and as you remind us now who we are now that we have you in our lives, may we be able to give you the right worship coming from our hearts as we lift up our hands and not hold anything back. Receive our worship today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For listening, make sure to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Feel free to share this message with your friends too. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.victoryalamau.church.